Hi, Pashi. Hi, Sufi. How are you? I'm good. Very nice to see you. Hopefully people know these aren't recorded the day you're listening to them, but I can tell you that the day we're recording this intro, and it's very fitting because we're talking to a fellow Granite stater, Sarah Silverman, it is the day of the New Hampshire primary. Yeah, it was always such a big deal for us. It was such a big deal. We were very lucky. Yeah, I was student council president, and every candidate came through. It was the year that uh, Clinton won. So Clinton, Bill Clinton was there. I met Paul Songus. I met Paul Simon. I was in a tiny meeting room with like 10 people and Bill Clinton. Also, he's speaking at a high school where there were maybe like 20 kids of voting age. Yeah. Which was just crazy. And I would say that those kids who were old enough to vote were probably the ones least likely to care about oh, man, yeah. their representation <laughs> in government. <laughs> there was a little hotel that we spent one night in when we first moved to New Hampshire. Sheridan Wayfair. The Sheridan Wayfair, which I don't think is there anymore, yeah. but it was- It's not. The hub. It was where everyone stayed. It was where every political operative stayed. It was where every candidate stayed. And it is crazy to me that we're the first primary. Like, I also- It's very crazy. I don't feel like it's wrong that the Democratic Party has moved it to South Carolina. I feel like it's a bit more representative. It is weird. I will say a couple of things about all that. The Sheridan Wayfair, I remember later when I was in college, I started reading all these old Hunter S. Thompson articles he wrote for Rolling Stone, and he would go to New Hampshire and cover things like the primaries. And he stayed at the Sheridan Wayfair. And I remember being blown away that someone was writing about a place that I had driven by and even stayed once. Yeah. That was one of the coolest things. Also, when you were student council president, major flex. Yeah. I was class treasurer, and I got to introduce Jerry Brown, uh, who then went on, of course, to be governor of California. And all the kids, when you introduced a candidate, you had to wear a suit and tie. But I, I'm sure it was mostly just tie. I don't think any of us had suits. Yeah. You had a blazer. Probably khaki pants, weird blazer and tie. But I, because Jerry Brown didn't wear a tie, I got to wear a flannel shirt when he introduced Jerry Brown. Mm. So that was very, very cool. I got the long straw. Yeah. As they say, I also remember the Jennifer Flowers story broke a night that a bunch of us went to see Bill Clinton speak. And I remember confidently saying to everybody, this guy is toast. He's never going to be president. And I try to keep that in mind now because I think because I talk about politics on my show, people think I have some sense of what's going to happen. And I have no sense ever about what's going to happen. Yeah. Wrong way more than I'm right. Particularly in New Hampshire. Yeah. I love also the results that come in from Dixville Notch. Dixville Notch. The first place that votes. And it's always like there's 12 votes. And yeah, I think it was only six this year. Okay. Yeah. It was only six this year. And it was a clean sweep for Nikki Haley. Six, well, six, nothing. Gotcha. In Dixville Notch. So, yeah. you know, maybe that was, maybe you're listening to this now being like, well, the people at Dixville certainly didn't have their finger on the pulse of the rest of the state. Yeah. I, I have to, I have to call you out on something. Oh, good. Not politics related, mom related. Oh, no. Two things. One, you just had Clive Owen on your show. Yeah. He has a new show. What's his new show called? Monsieur Spade. (laughs) (laughs) I talked to mom. She said she was so disappointed in your pronunciation of Monsieur and that, you, and that you even said to Clive Owen, like, oh, my mother was a French teacher, and sh- she had to put her head in her hands that you couldn't do monsieur. Wait, she had to put her tête dans le monde? 
<laughs> she was like, he could have called me. So that's one. And the other one, that's one. Is, is fantastic. So we play Wordle with our family. Yeah. We have a competition. Everyone does it every day, and you send your sort of your blocks. You don't send the answer, but everyone knows how much how much you got it in. And it's just the four of us and Mackenzie, my fiance's on it, who joined the Wordle group for one month. We every month somebody wins. She joined for one month. She won, and then she hasn't Cleaned played up. since, which is kind of a baller. Yeah, move. a very baller. And stayed on the text chain, which is even oh, that's actually the least baller. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's her entree to sort of being in a in a text yeah, thread with being us. in the chats. Yeah, but you sort of like had stopped responding to a bunch of stuff from mom, and you were like, I don't know yeah. if I'm getting mom's texts. And it turns out, yeah. you had blocked her. I had blocked mom. <laughs> I don't know how it happened. And let me say. I tried to FaceTime mom. Her contact was blocked. I had, so I called her. I'm like, will you FaceTime me? It was blocked. And the most shameful part, I thought it was a lock that the error was on her end. Oh my God. I mean, she has enough technological difficulty as it is. And then for you yeah. to block her is just, yeah. And by the way, dad said, she's been bitching about you for a month. <laughs> Like how you're not responding. <laughs> it would be very out of character for me. I think there are times certainly where I might slow play a response to one of our parents. But to ice mom for a month is nonsense. Oh, and my yet, God. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, shout out to dad who actually finally was the guy who figured out what the problem was. Yeah. Yeah. I think he probably went to the the old genius bar where I think he might be a frequent visitor. <laughs> he has a... Uh... It's like one of those little uh, plaques that they put at the yeah. end of a bar for someone who like has a problem, but it's for dad. It says, it's like, yeah, reserved for Larry. <laughs> What's yeah. wrong, Larry? Just I don't know. I don't know. It's not working. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that was bad. Uh, double. Yeah, so real double whammy for mom that I uh, I butchered monsieur and then also <laughs> had her uh, le blocked. Here's a real, you know, obviously not keeping it a secret, turned 50, right? Yeah. So this weekend... Saturday night, told you, had the kids to myself. They're upstairs. I should note, I also had help. I sometimes feel like, you know, when I say kids, we also have a nanny. So I was not with three kids. Gotcha. Also, it's important to say this because the kids were in the bath and I didn't want to say, <laughs> I got three kids in the bath. I'm downstairs. So anyway, there's eyes on the kids. So I go down and Frisbee, we got Frisbee. Her little dog bed is in the uh, bathroom of the guest room. Yeah? Sure. Yeah. You can picture it, yep. but guest room light situation sucks. The light switch uh -huh. on the wall doesn't turn anything on. You got to go manually turn lamps on. Anyway, she's barking. Our dog barks when she wants a blanket on top of her because she's tiny and cold all the time. So she's barking and I go in, lights aren't working and they never work. And so I just, I'm like, all right, I know how to walk to the thing. I can manage this in the dark. Right. So I walk towards... And I go into the bathroom and then I hear a rustling. And Pashi, I swear to God, I thought someone's behind the door. I'm about to get attacked. And so I pulled the door open and it was this outdoor umbrella that we just store there had been started to tip. And I was hearing the rustling of the umbrella against the door. Yeah. And as I pulled the door open, this thing cracked me on the head. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> just started bleeding big old lump right here and had to go upstairs with ice pack on my head. Ash, the oldest, was very upset. The other kids were just sort of fascinated. 
And so I had a real, man, oh man, now I'm this dude, right? I turned 50. I go skiing the next day. I wore a big old Band-Aid on my head. Yeah, got to. You know, like old people do. Yeah. yeah. Like just like old people who just have Band-Aids on their face. The other thing about a Band-Aid on your head, you kind of forget you have it. So I kept running into people and they're like, what happened? I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're like, you're wearing a gigantic Band-Aid. So I feel like I'm 80. I feel like I turned 50, but really I turned 80. Also, last night I come home and uh, opening, literally opening the front door near my apartment, one of the kids says something. I open the door into my head. So now I've got a second thing here. This You might have been looking at this lump thinking uh-huh. that was the umbrella. Two in the course of, of three days, I hit my head twice. And then I told my wife, and you know what she said? What's that? Oh, she goes, that's a bad sign. Literally, her take was like, you're, <laughs> you might be dying. Anyway. Well, may, you know, Geico's bringing that whole caveman thing back, and maybe you're trying to get that, like, big, thick brow in solidarity. In the early <laughs> swelling, it did sort of push my eyebrows down. <laughs> this umbrella was in the guest room? Yeah. Well, this is also, this is a weekend that mom and dad were supposed to be there. It could have killed them. And dad got sick, and so they canceled. Yeah. So not only are there no lights in that bathroom, which isn't going to help their nope. cause any, but you yeah. had it booby-trapped. I had it booby-trapped. Yeah. I will say, this thing hit me in the head so hard, and I managed to pull it together and not be a maniac. Mm-hmm. If that thing had hit dad in the head, I think he would have burned the fucking house down. <laughs> Do you think Alexi booby-trapped it to try and crack that on the bean? Oh, and then when she realized, when they canceled, she was trying to get through to me, like, don't go in the guest room. (laughs) (laughs) There was also also a soda labeled in the fridge that said, for Larry only. (laughs) And then I poured it down the sink, and the sink all burned up. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've talked enough about politics. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, New Hampshire primary was today. I got a bad feeling. I think we all know what's going to happen. But what you don't know what's going to happen is this conversation with really one of our favorite people, Sarah Silverman. The best. She's just the best. And you're going to find that out really soon. But first, you're going to listen to our other great friend, Jeff Tweedy. goodness look at this beautiful friend oh howdy neighbor hi how are you seth josh and i are neighbors do you know that you're neighbors in los angeles as well yeah i did not know that yeah what do you mean as well we got to get it out of the way for any of our listeners who don't know the crazy detail about us and sarah josh do you want to do the honors well sure i mean we're from the same hometown Woo. Bedford, New Hampshire. Bedford, New Hampshire. I feel like your Bedford pride isn't quite as strong as ours, Sarah. (laughs) I think it isn't, but not for any reason. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, but you were born in Bedford and then moved to Manchester, yeah? I was actually born in Concord, but we we lived in Manchester and then uh, moved to Bedford. Okay. It's McKelvey. I was just talking about McKelvey. 
McKelvey is the middle school where our mother taught and Sarah, all of us went. We did go to separate high schools. And this is very briefly, we'll just mention that Adam Sandler is from our neighboring town of Manchester, New Hampshire. And I just want to stress that wanting to be in comedy, I remember when I saw Adam for the first time on David Letterman. I don't know how I knew he was from here, but I think I knew. And I thought, oh my God, someone from here can make it. Then I remember in college seeing Sarah on SNL, and I definitely knew you were from Bedford. And then I thought, well, they're not going to have three. I'm definitely, we're out now. <laughs> yeah. But there was room. I understand you thinking that, but there w- it turned out there was room. With plenty of room. Yeah. Sarah, I don't know if you remember the first time we met. It was really big for my life, for moving to L.A. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. But my friend Ike Barinholtz and I came to see you at the Comedy Central space like down near the Hudson Theater. Maybe it was part yeah. of the Hudson Theater. And we saw you do a show. Seward. And it was great. Yeah, the HBO Seward, workspace. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm, sure. So we saw you do a show, and I introduced myself afterwards. And, you know, you were great, and you it was such a fun show. And you're like, oh, yeah, like my parents told me you were moving out here. Uh, nice to meet you. Do you guys want to play wiffle ball? And we were like, what? And you were like, yeah, I got a bat and balls in my car. And we went out to the parking lot. And me and my buddy, who, like, we're doing a two-person show. That was Ike? At, I think so. <laughs> and we just played wiffle ball in this parking lot, and we couldn't believe it. Like, we were sort of, we were awestruck by you, and that you were so friendly and so nice. And we're like, let's go play wiffle ball. And I remember somebody hit a ball, and it went off of a truck. And the driver of the truck was all mad. And I can't remember if you were... If you got lippy to him in that moment or after he drove away, but you were like, the guy drives a truck and he's going to be mad about his truck getting hit by a wiffle ball. But it was fabulous. It was really fabulous. You were so nice. And we were fresh off the boat. And to see someone do a show and like crush and then be like, and yeah, let's go play wiffle ball in the parking lot. It was the nicest. I remember it only slightly differently, but... I do remember meeting you and it was like, oh, wow, I, it's so exciting when you meet someone from New Hampshire, let alone your same hometown. I mean, it, it, it never happens, you know, and uh, um, I was so excited. And then you walked me to my car and it was in a parking lot, an outdoor parking lot with lights and all the other cars had gone pretty much. And I always kept like, you know, <laughs> stuff in my car and I had like a wiffle ball and a bat and that's just the perfect scenario. I mean, we could play <laughs> in a whole parking lot under the lights that I, you know, that was just like, that was a very unique scenario where it, yeah. it really warranted it. If Josh had been 10 years younger, this is definitely how an abduction story starts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you kids like wiffle oh, no. ball? <laughs> There's a level seven of the parking garage. <laughs> it's pretty quiet. So, Sarah, having grown up in the same uh, part of the country as us, Josh, it's weird because Josh and I have very different tastes of what we like from our vacations. You know, our family would go skiing and Josh is now a skier. I could care less about it. Were you guys a ski trip vacation family? A little bit. Um, I I learned to ski when I was six at Waterville Valley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we would go to what? Pat's Peak, Loon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stowe. Snow. Um, yeah. 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 We, we would take vacations. The, the one vacation we did um, in the winter, we would go to Mount Snow or the Balsams, it was called. And we'd see them on the way. It was like Dixfield Notch. There was the man in the 
Mountain. The old man in the mountain. Old man in the mountain. It's very nice. You've never been an ageist. You're always like, he was just a man to you. Age didn't, you didn't see his age. Oh, it was the old man in the mountain? The old yeah. man in the mountain. And he's gone now. He's gone yeah. now. Very sadly. Well, I'm not ageist. I just, he was, it was a man. Maybe he Beautiful wasn't. A, I don't know if he was a man. Yeah. When the pr- first people that saw the old man in the mountain, the first, I mean, not the first people, because those would have been more indigenous people. Yeah. Right, right. Um, but they were like, look, it's like, it's George Washington or something like, they like, were like, it's, he's become a man of stone. Like he looks over Northern New Hampshire. Is that true? Is that really the story of it? <laughs> I believe so. And it was the symbol of New Hampshire. I think people might not know the old man in the mountain, but he's like, he's on our quarter. He's on our state seal. Yeah. And it collapsed several years ago. And the head of the New Hampshire Board of Tourism was on the news in tears. Is that true? Um, yeah, it was held up <laughs> we by wires. We have nothing now. <laughs> we do, I mean, it was our thing. Yeah. And uh, it's gone. It's gone, gone. Because now they're like, do you guys want to, you're in New Hampshire, you should go see the mountain mountain. I, I can't even believe that that's the story of the man in the mountain. Like, it's a New Hampshire story. You would have thought it was just like some guys were like, that looks like a fucking face. <laughs> and then that's well, then somebody, yeah. That fucking face? I, now I know those that are native to our state will take offense, but I, I've always thought it speaks to maybe the lack of things to do that old mountain face was such an important part of it. You know, I, 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 I was like, we didn't take family trips. I'm trying to think for this thing. But the truth is, on the way to the ski, we would sometimes do a week at, it was called Mount Snow or something. And then on the way, we'd stop at this um, Holiday Inn, but it was it was called the, I don't know what it was called, but it, it, was, it, it, it had a Wonder Dome. That's what it was called. And mm. it was an indoor pool with a couple video games and like a train that was a restaurant and parents could just dump their kids there. And that became me and my sister Jodine. We were the two younger ones. The older ones were just gone and we loved it there. So then our vacation ended up being we would once a year take a weekend and go to the Holiday Inn Wonder Dome. And then my parents (laughs) would get to like go out and we would, you know, play and the whole place just smelled so thick of chlorine and I loved it. Yeah. As you described it, I was smelling chlorine. Yeah. It's that chlorine smell, like that hot chlorine. And I think a dome might actually be the worst shape to catch <laughs> that chlorine Well, it smell. catches it and it just rotates it back around to the sides. How many hours would you spend just at a pool at that age? Because I feel like my kids would be All fully, yeah, like five hours. <laughs> as many as you were given. Yeah. All of them. Did you go to sort of like those classic northern New Hampshire tourist places? Did you go to Clark's Train Bears or Story? What was it called? Story Village? Story Village or Storyville. They had the um, old lady in the shoe, the giant shoe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that. I mean, I've driven by it, you know, (laughs) semi-recently. And you look at it and you're like, oh, my God, that's so small. But when you are so small, it's wonderful. And it's all your... Favorite fairy tales come to life. Yeah. Oh, right. Mother Goose and the old lady that lived in the shoe. I remember those. Yeah. And it's funny. If we went back now, I'm sure it would be filthy. Yes. I, I find <laughs> Or at Canopy Lake Park. Yeah. Yeah. Canopy Lake Park is a great, well, great. It's, a, it's an amusement park. Um, and we used to take field trips and go there. It was our local amusement park. 
There was one ride, famous in my mind, the Turkish Twist. Yeah. Yes. Which was a spin around ride. You would get a, in and it would spin super fast and you'd get stuck against the wall and then the floor would drop out. Um, and I'm it picturing was, it. I remember it so well. Yeah. It was, re- it was the scariest ride at the park. Because you could watch people doing it. Yeah, you could stand at the top and watch and you like get stuck to the wall and put yourself in like a funny position and try to move your arm around. You sort of would look like a hieroglyphic. But yeah, I feel like I went on it once. (laughs) I think I threw up. I never went on it. I only watched. Seemed too dangerous. I don't know if it's an urban myth or if it actually happened, but I remember the threat that people would always say before you went on the Turkish twist was if you puked, it would go right back in your face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it would have to. I yeah. threw up after I got off the ride. Got it. Uh, yeah, I was trying to get my bearings. There was a traveling carnival that came to the Bedford Mall. And my sister Jodine went on a date. She was like a freshman in high school with this boy. And they went on the teacups. And the whole time she was like making fun of him, like, ooh, like pretending to almost throw up, you know. And she didn't know he was getting sick. And he vomited on the teacups, spinning, whipping around, and everyone got covered in puke except for my sister. Wow. Did they keep going out? No, that was it. <laughs> Why? Um, they were pre- <laughs> the Bedford Mall, which was a big deal, a real mm-hmm. important part of my childhood. But I remember going there and being a parent now, I realized how frustrated the dad was. Because I went with another friend's family. And so I was a plus one. And I went on one ride and then said, I'm sick and I want to go home. And I just remember how (laughs) beaten down this dad was realizing, wait, what? (laughs) And it was a lot of like, you want to sit there for a second? But also drive 10 minutes to get you home and then 10 minutes to get back. It's not like things were far apart. And Bedford. That's true. That's true. I mean, listen, what was, you know. Did you spend a lot of time at the Bedford Mall? Was that? So much time at the Bedford Mall. And I don't know if you know this, my mother was the voice of Bedford Mall cinemas when you called to. Um, oh, movies. I listened to your mom. Back in our day, you had to call yeah. the, and the movie person at the movie theater would be like, you know. Bedford Mall Cinemas, one, two, three, and four, blah, 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 blah. And my mother went to complain that she couldn't understand what he was saying. He had no diction. And they go, you want to do it? And she was like, well, I, okay. <laughs> so this, she literally got the job because she complained about who had the job. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the best. Would, that- she, would she get paid, do you think? Is that like, because you got to keep recording new movies are always coming in, new showtimes. No, she wasn't paid. But we could all go to the movies for free. Wow. That's a fair trade. In the barter system, you can't ask for more than that. That is also the most New England response to, I don't, I can't understand this guy. Do you, well then, do you think you can do a better job? People are calling to hear what (laughs) movies are playing and they can't understand him. (laughs) It was like, you know, you couldn't mess up. She couldn't mess up. She'd have to start over and she recorded in the popcorn room, which was they bought all this pre-made popcorn and then put it in the popcorn machine, which is something I did not realize. And she would be like, thank you for calling. My mother had a very breathy, like, you know, she she talked like, uh, you know, Shelley Long on Cheers or something. 
Thank you for calling Bedford Mall Cinemas 1, 2, 3, and 4, where all bargain matinees are only $2 Monday through Saturday. Now playing Annie with Aileen <laughs> Quinn and blah, 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 Albert Finney. <laughs> the way you're saying it makes it sound like kids my age would just call up. We would pretend like we wanted movie times, but we just wanted to hear this <laughs> breathy hear lady. woman speak. <laughs> Very breathy. I remember you would call, and you sometimes, you had to call a bunch of times. It was often busy to mm-hmm. call to get the movies. So you'd call and call and call, and then when you got it, whoever was on the phone would just scream out to the family what the movies were. And yeah. the show times, and somebody would have to scribble it down, which is so funny to me. Because also, there were newspapers then. I was just going to say, you could get a newspaper. <laughs> get the union leader. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were getting the Boston Globe. We weren't getting the Union Leader, so we didn't yeah, have those local shows. That's true. So maybe that's on us. Maybe we needed to get the Union Leader or the uh, the Bedford Bulletin. Oh. I didn't know your father had a clothing store? Yes. Crazy Sophie's Factory Outlet. Wait, I wish I had his <laughs> ads. I have a couple of his radio ads, which he did himself. And radio's time must have cost literally nothing because they were <laughs> – Probably two and a half minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to buy the whole break. Yeah, between rock blocks. He was Crazy Donnie. His store was called Crazy Sophie's Factory Outlet. And he just made up a woman's name to sound like... So Sophie had no... Didn't mean anything. It, no, it was women's discount clothing. And he wanted to be like Crazy Eddie from New York. So he was Crazy Donnie. And it was called Crazy Sophie's Factory Outlet. And his mother's best friend was Sophie Muscat. And she would say, you named that after Sophie Muscat. And he said, Mom, if I named it after Sophie Muscat, I'd name it Ugly Sophie's Factory Outlet. (laughs) (laughs) It's very funny to me to think that women would want to buy clothing from a place that had crazy in the title. They didn't. But it was very (laughs) discounted. He had like, brands you've never heard of in your life but yeah would you spend time in the store would you be there a lot yeah Yeah. did you work there no my sisters did i was the youngest i didn't work there yeah i remember it it was like you know my dad had a van it was just filled with clothes you know it's very funny we grew up in an era where a lot of advertising had a crazy person in charge of a store. The idea yeah. being that they were so crazy that you would just be able to rip them off. The deals were so good because they were just insane. They don't know better. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, clinically crazy. This is my dad's ad. He'd go, I'm Crazy Donnie from Crazy Sophie's Factory Outlet. When I see prices at the mall, I just want to vomit. Come to Crazy Sophie's. Spend your time at the mall. Spend your money at Crazy Sophie's. So when you're too cheap to buy the very best, come to Crazy Sophie's. <laughs> kind of an amalgamation. By the way, so confusing that it's Crazy Sophie's and he's Crazy Donnie. Everything about it. There, it's so much pipe for, you know, to lay just for a, a, a very quick ad. There's Well, I mean, very quick. It sounds like he had a two and a half minute ad. He had, very he had a lot of pipe in the back room with the pre-made popcorn. It's, um, <laughs> look at this, tying it, it all together. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Basically, my parents were in show business. But so your dad, who um, passed away last year, our condolences. Mm-hmm. You, Thank you. I loved when you would tell stories about him on the show when you were a guest. He obviously was somebody who 
thought he was very funny, liked being funny. Mm-hmm. Did you guys grow up with comedy being sort of respected because of that? Yeah, my mother like respected comedy. She loved comedy. She had like comedy albums and stuff. My dad was just like the funny guy, everyone. You know, it, he was like, he turned into a very gentle, wonderful man, like my best friend, but he had a terrifying trigger rage. He wasn't an alcoholic, but it sounds very similar to when I hear about people who had parents who were alcoholics where you didn't know when he was going to lose his fucking shit. But then on the other side, he was really funny. So you were just kind of always on your toes one way or the other. Uh, Our dad lost his shit all the time, but I always knew when it was coming. Oh, really? Started brewing? Yeah. Yeah. There was like a a long fuse that you saw that was set. uh... (laughs) You could see it sort of sparkling and getting a little closer. Yeah, whereas mom to this day doesn't know when it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) She's the one like, sort of like lighting matches next to the fuse and you're like, no, 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 no. Is this a good time to needle you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you in a good needling mood? (laughs) So how how young were you when your uh, parents got divorced? Six and a half. Okay, so you didn't take a lot of family trips, or maybe you don't have a lot of memories of family trips with both of them. I was texting with my sisters, and they're older, and you know that I don't remember like the ones when we all took together. I only know from pictures. Like we went to Jamaica, we went to Disney World, but I just know from pictures. Gotcha. No memories of of Disney World or Jamaica. Have you gone back to Jamaica? No. Yeah. Did I? No, I went. <laughs> I did. My first, my first, my only year at Saturday Night Live, I was like, I'm making real money. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. Support for Family Trips comes from Fidelity. Your entire life you've been told to save and save and save, but has anyone helped you figure out how to spend? With Fidelity Income Planning, we'll help you create a clear, personalized plan for cash flow. One that includes your 401k and all your other accounts. However you want to work with us, either one-on-one or with our planning tools, we'll help you to build a withdrawal strategy for when you're not working. We can help you gain a better understanding of your options to help you make the right decisions to best fit your life ahead. All so you can enjoy whatever comes next. And you can go from saving to living. Learn more at fidelity.com slash income planning. Advisory services provided by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisor, LLC, for a fee. Brokerage services by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Family Trips is sponsored by Sundays. Sundays is a fresh dog food made from a short list of human-grade ingredients. And Posh, real quick, human-grade does not mean humans. Definitely not. Thank you. Non-cannibal humans would eat the stuff that's in this dog food. We double-checked that with Dr. Tori Waxman, one of the co-founders of Sundays, who is a practicing veterinarian who tests and formulates every version of each recipe. Sundays contains 90% meat, 10% superfoods, and 0%, that's a good number, 0% synthetic nutrients or artificial ingredients. Some of the possible health improvements you might see are softer fur, fresher breath, better poops. Who doesn't like better poops? Who doesn't love a better poop? Yeah, and more energy after switching to Sundays. You know my dog, Frisbee, who I think we'd all describe as impossible, Mm -hmm. loves her Sundays. And that is not an easy task to impress Frisbee the impossible Italian greyhound. She has a real Italian attitude about everything. Yeah, always barking with her hands. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) (laughs) One of the great things about Sundays is that it is fresh dog food, but it does not need to be refrigerated like a bunch of those other fresh dog foods. So when once I had a full drawer 
and my fridge dedicated to dog food. Now I get that back. That's really exciting. This is exciting too. Get 40% off your first order. Get 40% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundays4dogs.com slash trips or use code TRIPS at checkout. It's very interesting that you felt like you had real money because I remember <laughs> it's because it's not that much. It's great. Don't get me wrong. It was so much more money than I made the year before I was on SNL, but it's not real showbiz money, right? I mean, I made like what my dad made yeah, in a right. year. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not showbiz money, no, but it was like. It was great. A, a, a successful businessman in New Bedford, New Hampshire money. That's true. My issue was Lauren, I felt like, had no idea what we got paid because he would always give me suggestions that were just <laughs> so... I remember my first year, he's like, you know, I think go to St. Bart's. I was just going to say, is that it? But it really was. And then you're like, what? I don't think they want. They wouldn't even let a person like me in St. Bart's right now. <laughs> I was just thinking of St. Bart's because I completely associate it with... Lauren and his friends for some reason. That's always, that's how I've heard of St. Bart's. Yeah. And I was just thinking recently, I was like, I'd like to go there. I could, I could go there. You can go there. <laughs> I went for the first time two years ago. I went for the first time. What was it like? It's wonderful. It's like the Caribbean and also Europe at the same time. Wow. And I will say Lauren was there and he said, you should come over. And guess what? Lauren has the nicest place in St. Bart's. I feel like Lauren <laughs> got in the ground floor of everything that everybody wants now. Like the Hamptons and St. Bart's, like everything. I feel like people who came up in the 70s are just hit the jackpot. Well, even like when I was at Saturday Night Live that one year, we went, I don't know if they did it when you were there, but there's like a retreat before you go in Mohunk. Yes. And it was awesome. I've seen some. So Mohunk is like, what would you even call? How would you describe it? It's upstate New York, right? Yeah. And it's like. Is it the Mohunk Mountain House? Yeah, you went once, Josh. It's almost like the Dirty Dancing. Yes. But it, or it's like a hotel that's like. It's a giant hotel. Like the Shining Hotel. Hundreds of rooms in this hotel. If it's the same place I'm thinking of. It, it is, is the yeah. Mohunk Mountain House. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's like on a little lake and there's like. There are gardens, and you can go for walks. It's a real property with uh. lots of activities. Mike Shoemaker, the producer of this show, was the producer at SNL when you were there. And he has photos of those Mohunk retreats. And it's so funny because the photographs from the early 90s now look like the 1800s. Right. <laughs> Like the difference in how shitty photos were. But there, I do remember sort of seeing photos of a young uh, Sarah like on a rock with some other like really? 90s. Oh, I'd love members. to see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention Shoemaker. Yeah. I remember being at a campfire and just being near Chris Farley, who was sitting next to Lauren, and I overheard their conversation. And Chris said, Lauren, would it help the show if I got even fatter? And Lauren goes, no, Chris, we want you to be healthy. Oh, well, that's nice. That's good advice. <laughs> so when your parents got divorced, did you go on trips as a family with one or the other as you got older? Yeah. Yeah. My dad and my stepmom and my stepsister, Jodine, and I went to Nantucket like the the last week of June every year for a little while. I'd get like a 
not a timeshare, but a, you know, basically like an Airbnb or something. Yeah. You just ran a house. We went places where they could just be, do their own thing. And Jodine and I would just like exist. We, we just like lived like unsupervised. What was the age difference between you and Jodine? Three months. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Were you fast friends when your dad and your stepmom got together? Yeah. Yeah. I remember, well, I mean, we, I met her when we picked them up at the airport. Like my dad had fallen in love with Janice and now she was moving to New Hampshire from San Francisco. Wow. And I know that should be love. And then um, I remember seeing Jody. She had a, her cat in like a box from the plane. She didn't say anything and she just waved me over to the women's room. And I just remember being in the women's room at the airport alone. I guess it was small. She put it in the sink and opened up the box and turned on the water. And the cat was like, and she just was laughing and she didn't say anything. And I was just like, this is my new sister. Yeah. It's a good opener. Oh my God. So the first time you guys (laughs) met wasn't like a, let's get to know each other. It was, they live here now. This is your sister now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was great. That's amazing that it worked out like that. Yeah. It worked out 40, 45 years later. When you were in Nantucket, were you near a town or when you sort of existed on your own, would it be like you're in the woods and you're on the beach and you're, or was there like, you're on a boardwalk with, uh, we had, we had bicycles. We ran, we would ride to the beach. We'd ride to the little like store and buy candy. I just remember like collecting hermit crabs and loving them so much, so much that we took them home and put them in like a something a glass in the window and they baked to death like we (laughs) we went out and came back and they were like out of their shells and just dead (laughs) from sun sun just like a beam of sun hitting them so many animals had to die because we were children yeah they died so you could they what they walked so you could run something like that that's right yeah that's when when there was only one set of foot Prince, that's when we were carrying them to their deaths. That was <laughs> when you were carrying them to their <laughs> graves. <laughs> On the beach that Seth goes to with his kids, there are these little sand crabs. And when you dig in the sand, you cannot take like a handful of sand without getting three sand crabs. And awesome. Seth's middle son, Axel, every time he sees one, will see like, say, sand crab. Sand crab. It's like, I, I got them. Yes. There, there are so many. There are millions of them. It's a little bit right, like pointing and saying seagull. At this point, you're like, I, yep, I get yep, it. Got it. We got it. But there are still hermit crabs today, so you didn't end uh, the chain. That's true. Sounds like you guys hate this kid. I'm currently <laughs> in a situation where he's my not my favorite. <laughs> not because of the crab thing, uh, but because he's waking up in the middle of the night. In that era, uh, before social media, how did your dad uh, meet someone who lived in San Francisco? They were fixed up by her cousin, who he had always called cousin because their families were close. Like, there are home movies where they're both little in, like, different parts of the home movie. So they, they, they're, they have, like, a Massachusetts Jewish geography connection. And then they got fixed up. It was like... That, and that was it. They were. That was it, huh? That was it. They were in love. It should be noted that uh, you're obviously uh, Jewish. Adam Sandler's Jewish. I am presumed to be Jewish. Keep it down. And I am not presumed to be yeah, Jewish. Yeah, it's so funny. Josh and I look alike, sound alike, and nobody thinks Josh is Jewish. <laughs> That's so true. 
it's true. Josh does not look at all Jewish. And you look deceivingly, which is so on the nose, Jewish. <laughs> but you have like only like a tiny touch of Judaism in you, right? You have like a... We're a quarter. The funny thing, though, is the fact that we all came out of there might make people think New Hampshire is a hotbed of Judaism. It is not at all. To the point that I didn't even know people would think a Seth Meyers who looked like me is Jewish until I went to college. Like, I went to college and everybody, it was the first time in my life people were like, you must be Jewish. Nobody ever even asked in New Hampshire. I think the assumption was you just weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like you were completely on an island? Well, I mean, we weren't, we were only Jewish in that we're Jewish. Like, my parents were atheist. They, mm. they were agnostic. I see. You know, we had no religion. The only thing that made us feel Jewish was everyone <laughs> around <laughs> us. Like, like, you know, looking back, I, I, I had that thing like where you, you don't realize it like intellectually as a kid, but like I knew somewhere inside me, I had to make my friend's parents feel okay about me. You know, like I knew how to make them like me and stuff, you know, cause it's so odd. I wouldn't, I don't think of us as different, but they did definitely. Every parent asked if I was from New York, you know, I was like, what? I'm from here. What's New York? I'm from here, which is so sweet. I mean, looking back, they're young people who are from New Hampshire and, and know that Jews are from New York and they are. But I didn't know that. You know? Yeah. I used to spend a lot of nights over at a buddy's house, uh, my buddy Randy Suazo. And if I spent a Saturday night there on Sunday morning, they would go to St. Elizabeth Seton. They'd go to church. And it was a good drop-off point. So I would go to church with them, which I thought was nice because you could get a donut in the basement after, like, the service. And then my parents would pick me up. But I would be there sometimes for a service. Me too, yes. And one time I, like, got up when people were taking the the Holy Communion, the body of Christ. And I remember the priest said, body of Christ. I said, thank you. I caught some heat for that because you're supposed to say amen. But also people were like, my buddies were like, you're a Jew, Josh. You're not supposed to take that. I was like, I don't, I don't, we're not really Jewish. And, but they were, they were like, that's not for you. And I was like, I, I didn't, everyone got up in the row. Everyone. It wasn't like I was going to hang back and be like, none for me, thanks. I used to go to church all the time. I mean, my best friends, Lori and Amy Martin, were like very, I'm still friends with them. They were very Christian and their mother Sue Martin, it's so funny because she, I only know it's Hanukkah because she sends me one of those like Blue Mountain cards, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, digital cards that is, you know, because she, they're very like Christian. So they're very, they, you know, aware of like when Hanukkah is and like celebrating your different peoples, you know. Did you go to the CYO dances? Did they have those at Christian Youth? Well, yeah. N- no, but I, um, okay. my friends all had CCD. Oh, right. Yeah. Central City Dump. Is that, yeah, what does it stand for? Christian? <laughs> I don't know, but that was, they all said it was Central City Dump. That was the sort <laughs> That's of That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it was, but it was like Sunday school. Good. I want to say. I do remember, I also, I dated a girl whose father was a pastor. I want to say, what could you be if you had a wife and children? That sounds right. Like a minister, yeah. Ministry. We had a friend. But I, so I remember going to church once and never not having gone that often. And this is, uh, I'm ashamed to say it, but I remember during the services, I just prayed because it was Sunday morning. I prayed that the Steelers would win that day. (laughs) 
What you were a Steelers fan, not Pats? We're still Steelers yeah. fan. Our dad's from Pittsburgh, and so ah. yeah, at least we're everything else. Everything else we're good with in Boston. But I remember when the Steelers lost, I was like, "Well, you had one chance, God." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gave God only one chance. Sufi works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, he does. What is your favorite kind of uh, trip these days? Do you ever travel with your sisters now? Do you ever do anything as an adult with your? No. We it never even occurs to us. I mean, well, three of us are in LA. Well, one is mostly is like in Australia all the time, and then Susie, the oldest, lives in Israel. <sighs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> and um, so she comes here, and we'll all kind of, you know, like we had Thanksgiving together. It was really nice. We used to come all come home to New Hampshire for Thanksgiving, and we did a genius move. We would fly home. <laughs> on Thursday in empty airports and then we'd have Thanksgiving on Friday. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. We've had to manipulate a couple Thanksgivings because of weird circumstances and it really doesn't matter if you have all the people around you and you have a nice meal. That's it. Yeah. Also, I think a Friday Thanksgiving is way better because one of the real problems with Thanksgiving is there's too many days after Thanksgiving. That's right. Like... (laughs) It, it's sort of this this touchstone, high pressure, everybody's together, family meal, and there's no get out of Dodge right after. There's multiple days after. So if you can slide it closer towards Monday, I think you're better off. Yeah. I did a Saturday Thanksgiving this year. At you my did? Fiance's, at my fiance's uh, father's house. Yeah. Ooh. Um, yeah, it was great because we were in New York. And then, yeah, Seth and my parents went to go hang out with his family on Martha's Vineyard for actual Thanksgiving. And that day, we had a nice brunch in the city and drove up to Massachusetts. And it was we were going to be getting there too late. And people had other things going on. But we all came together on Saturday. It was lovely. How wonderful for you, Josh. Thank you. Thank you. I see Josh running. Josh is a big runner. And I see him. Yeah, running. more of a hiker now, but I do run. Yeah. Sometimes he's, yeah, that's true. And sometimes you're just walking with a dog or two. Yeah. But yeah. in the summer, you can see a bare chested Josh Myers. Is this true, <laughs> I Josh? Don't run bare chested. Okay. Like maybe else. once saw on a very hot day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had skin cancer on my nose last year. I'm, I'm covered up. Oh. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. We're supported by Squarespace. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, and even your time. Stand out in any inbox with Squarespace email campaigns. Collect email subscribers and convert them into loyal customers. Built-in analytics measure the impact of every send. Posh, we've been talking about Maybe getting some merch. Yeah. Maybe getting an online store up and running. We don't know how to do any of that. We're not good with this. We don't know how to do any of that. We wouldn't even know where to start. But thanks to Squarespace, we have the tools we need to start selling online, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. You can display posts from your social profiles on your website, automatically push website content to your favorite social media channels so followers can share it too. And you're a big social guy. What do you got now followers on Instagram? Are you in the high teens? Man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) go to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch head to squarespace.com slash trips to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain that's squarespace.com slash trips to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain 
This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. I'm a foodie to the core. Whether it's in the kitchen, trying out a new recipe, or end-of-the-year lists, I get so excited, Pashi. Yeah. When the New York Times prints best restaurants in the city, make a list, try to spend the rest of the year hitting them all. And now, with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card, I can earn four times points when you go out dining or order takeout and restaurant delivery. Plus, earn two times points when you shop for or order your groceries. Think of all the rewards you'll earn every time you make your favorite meals or dine out. The Altitude Go Card also earns two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations, as well as on streaming services. It's going to be a lot of dining out for me, with mom and dad coming in town for the holidays. And it's going to be nice, because the whole time I'm going to be acting like I'm just buying them dinner, I'm really going to be getting myself some points. And are you excited to bring mom and dad out to restaurants with the industrial flashlight they now bring to read the menu? (laughs) Yeah. Go to usbank.com slash Altitude Go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Eat in or eat out with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash Altitude Go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated. Some restrictions may apply. Family Trips is supported by 8sleep. At this point, I'm sure you've heard of 8sleep. Their buzzworthy mattress cover, called the Pod, can be added to your existing mattress to automatically cool down or warm up each side of your bed and in turn improve your sleep quality dramatically. This is a real relationship improver. I feel like that has been the case for both of us so far, Pashi. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have my half of the bed back. Yeah. Because I like it a little bit cooler than Mackenzie. I mean, I have a whole program. It has it at the perfect temperature for when you get into bed. Then you want it a little bit cooler. That's when you hit your real deep sleep, and that's when you get your recovery. Then it warms up a little bit. That's when you get more of your REM sleep. That's when you have all your good dreams. And then it sort of warms it up so that you're nice and toasty for when you get out of bed. It's great. See, that's, for me, that's my favorite part. It's the warm it up before I get out of bed. Because Alexi, much like you, not just in persona, but in how she likes her side of the bed, ice cold. Yeah. And when the morning rolls around, if it's too cold, if my side of the bed is too cold, it just starts my day the wrong way. I also overlayer when I get dressed in the morning because I'm still so cold. And then I walk outside and I realize I've done terribly. Improve the way you sleep by using our link at 8sleep.com slash trips for $200 off, plus free shipping on their high-tech Pod 3 cover. That's 8sleep.com slash trips for a better, smarter sleep. Do you know Josh and I went to went to college together, <laughs> and Josh was two years younger than me, and Josh in college was a very avid rollerblader. <laughs> And Josh also had really long hair in college. Very, very long. And he used to... About the length of yours right now, yeah. Sarah. Oh, and really? he would, uh, without, without a ponytail, he would rollerblade through campus. And my friends nicknamed him the Albatross. Because <laughs> his hair would basically go out like two giant wings. Oh, I thought it was because, like, having that brother is so embarrassing, it was an albatross around your neck. (laughs) Right. It it worked both ways. (laughs) Unintended consequence. Oh, he's an albatross, all right. Yeah. I had purple rollerblades with Jamiroquai stickers on the back. Yeah. I was all about it. Timeless. That's how much older I am than you, because Jamiroquai's first appearance on television was on a Conan where I was a guest. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
What was your first talk show? Was it Conan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Conan. First year. First year on SNL, you did Conan? Yeah, and it was Conan's first year, 93. Wow. What a trip. Was it crazy to be in the building at the time that that show was starting? Were you very aware of it? You must have known so many people that were working there. No, uh, no. I was really? a kid. I was, yeah. I mean, I was 22. I didn't like know people yet. Like 22 is so crazy. It is so crazy that you were there at 22. All I could think was like, I can't believe grownups act like this. Like, I, I can't believe grownups fight. Like, there were like fist, it like fist fights. <laughs> it was not a very friendly era. I think I was at a friendly era. I mean, I started at 27, but I never saw uh, fists uh, fought in my time there. Rob Schneider and Al Franken would fight like I've, I've just, I couldn't believe grownups were fighting like this, like screaming, screaming fights. I mean, I would love to see an actual I mean, no disrespect to either of those gentlemen, but I feel like that would be a great fight to if watch. it got physical. Yeah. But I feel like that's a good match. Al was more like he would come in the next day and be like, you know, I thought about it and I'm sorry for my part in it, you know. <laughs> yeah. But that feels like sort of uh, like one of those early matches before the heavyweight fight. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Like, undercard. It's like the the undercard. Yeah, it's the welterweights. We got Rob Schneider and Al Franken uh, going to square off in the writer's room. Where were you in your career the first time you did Letterman? I was living in Los Angeles and um, just doing stand-up and acting and like, you know, here, you know, Star Trek Voyager or whatnot yes. here and there. <laughs> and I was so excited. I remember I was at a payphone at my gym when I found out I got it. I was so happy. Oh, and then I got pushed a bunch of times and I was flying from LA you know each time it was just oh just seemed like the worst thing that could ever happen to you but of course who cares yeah it's so funny that is a bygone era of talk shows the idea of pushing guests which happened all the time that would never in a million years happen on any of our shows now yeah I guess not it never happened. Yeah, that never happens anymore. Why? The idea that you would just go long and make a stand-up who came all the way there. I So the first time you did Letterman, it was to do stand-up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did stand-up. Yeah. And then I remember, like, I was so nervous, and I did my set. Hold on. First of all, my friend Dave Juskow came with me, and he showed up with a date. Like, he was impressing a girl. I was so mad at him. I, like, needed support. But I did my set, and I was like, it went well. And he came over and shook my hand and he was like in like prime Letterman, you know, then. And he, he leaned over and he goes, this crowd sucks. And I just was like, did I bomb? Or? But, you know, he was in his head from the monologue. Like, right, right. But at the time, it was just like, it made me just go like from so excited to, oh. <laughs> but um, then I, you learn about it more. Like you'd, I'd do his show and when it would go to commercial break, the segment producer would come up and talk to you so that you didn't dare lean over and talk to him. <laughs> and I'd be like, I know why you're here. I'm not going to say anything to him. I'm just, let's, we'll have a conversation. <laughs> but now we're friendly. It's so funny to be He's so reach different a point. now. He's like fun and goofy and wants to socialize. It's nice. He had to get, he had to get through that awful gauntlet of having his own show. And now yeah. he can be a human being. <laughs> It is that thing about somebody saying an audience is bad. I just did a show in Mesa, Arizona over the holidays, and I had such a good time. And I thought, what a great 
audience. I felt so good about it. I record my sets. I listen back. I'm like, they're great. And then someone on Instagram wrote and said, hey, I saw your show in Mesa. Sorry about the audience. <laughs> I had the same feeling where I'm like, wait, what? what did it not go well? <laughs> All it takes is one person. I like pretty much stay away from any comments online and people go like, are, are you okay? Or like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm just like, what? How? What? <laughs> what did I do? What happened? <laughs> I am going to try to bring it back to family trips. I'm if really I may. sorry. Yeah. No, 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 no. This I blame Seth. Did you ever go away with like with your mom and your stepfather? And if you can't remember things, then that's that's fine. Or did you ever go away sort of as adults somewhere that wasn't home, wasn't L.A. and wasn't to New Hampshire, like where maybe your dad and stepmom came or your mom and your stepdad came? Would you rendezvous anywhere out in the world? Um, <laughs> Your face says no. <laughs> I, I felt so guilty coming on this podcast. Like I didn't no, want to no, no, say please. no, but I was like, God, we really, I never go anywhere unless I'm on the road. I haven't really taken a vacation. Over Christmas, we stayed home and like organized our drawers. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Tell us more about that. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> no, don't, please. No, no. Would you go to like Hampton Beach? Like yes. any day trips? Here we go. Well, no, really my friend Carrie and I would go to Hampton Beach at night and yeah. No, I don't have very good stories. Wait, I made a list I feel like somewhere on my phone right before. But <laughs> You're really, doing great, Sarah. I'm embarrassed. Did you ever play the Hampton Beach Casino? Did you ever do stand-up there? Wait, Hampton Beach Casino? No. I went back and did a stand-up there maybe 10 years ago. How was it? It was a lot of fun, but I was very proud of my opening joke, which is I have not been in Hampton Beach in 20 years, and I love what you haven't done with the place. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly what you remember. That is incredible. I, all I remember from Hampton Beach is we, we lip-synced Walk This Way with like fake guitars, and they make a video for you. I did that at the Bedford Mall with uh, Who Let the Dogs Out. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Oh, yeah. I'm the worst guest. Go on. No, please. Well, because I listened before this, I listened to Jost, and it was the funniest thing I ever heard in my life. And I, I should have listened to something else, but that was the episode I listened to, and it, it was very intimidating because, oh, my, it was so funny. My God. Hampton Beach is pinnacle dirtbag beach, I feel like, right? I loved Hampton Beach so much because it was a lot of fried dough and arcades and... It's like the sort of the Atlantic City of New Hampshire. When my wife first came to New Hampshire, like Alexi's from New Mexico and you go to New Mexico and New Mexico is sort of exactly what you think New Mexico is. Right. Whereas I think New, New Hampshire is a lot of things you don't think it is. Right. You know, right. I think people grow up thinking, I mean, if you don't live in New Hampshire and it has all the beautiful, you know, mountains and, and nature and, and wonderful things, but there's also just, there is, you know... There's kind of a, a nice dirtbag element to New Hampshire that I also find incredibly endearing. Cruising Elm Street. Cruising Elm there Street. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Elm Street was the the sort of big main street in Manchester, New Hampshire. We I feel like we used to say cruising. Did you cruise Elm Street? Would you drive around with your friends mm -hmm. up and down Elm Street? Yeah. Where was there to stop? We never went to bars in Manchester. We were sort of, or at least I didn't. I don't know if you did, Seth, but I was never no. like able to because I didn't have an ID. So... You would just drive? Yeah, we would try to yeah. do it, and I feel like we did it wrong. We'd hang out in behind the Dairy Queen. 
Gotcha. Well, yeah, yeah we would go hang uh, out by the Dairy Queen. It's a good spot. I'm glad we're getting this out here because these are all the sort of... Once we were teenagers and we could drive and we had friends that worked at Subway and Clam King, we could go to those places after hours if they were closing up and we would smoke pot. Yeah. At the Clam King? I would eat like all the cookies and I, it would really stress the friend that worked there out, you know, but... That was the hardcore life of uh, growing up in New Hampshire. Were you ever part of the late night sort of like diner crew? That would I want to say that it was like a Denny's on Second Street, right at the bend there. And there is a Bickford's family affair. Is that there when okay. you were there? No, I think so. Yeah. yeah, it had like toys at the cash register. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, you don't remember. You're lying. <laughs> <laughs> a line. That was like you a sweet, me lying. That was like a totally I mean, I generous. <laughs> like, no, no, no. We had that. That was we there had in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was totally lying. Thank you. Sorry, I apologize. No, I appreciate it. Um, Clam King is something I remember driving by on the way to school every day. Did either of you go to the Clam King? Did anyone ever have clams at the Clam King? I have not ever tried fish or seafood in my life. Oh wow. Like, yeah, that's a little fun fact about me in a, a town very big on lobster. But and my dad ate at Clam King every day with his best friend Arnie. <laughs> so in every day, that was maybe where the split happened. That was you. Yeah. You. Rev- I went none except for at night, and he went every day for lunch. <laughs> right. Clams. My fiance also has never had a clam oyster. I'm so thrilled about that. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. They've always creeped her out, and she's not wrong. It's They're creepy. Nasty. The other yeah. thing about a clam king in Manchester, New Hampshire, is Manchester is not close to the ocean. No, it is. Not isn't. close enough to think those are your top shelf clams. I mean, it's not. It's closer than Vegas. That's true. But is, is that really? But yeah. The clam king clams are probably coming from Hampton Beach. They're just <laughs> trawling. They might be coming from Vegas. <laughs> they might be that. They might be that. Sarah? Josh is going to ask you some questions. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Let's turn this around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, I mean, for me. I mean, not for me. I mean, by me. Jesus Christ. All right. Here we go, Sarah. You can only pick one of these. Is your ideal vacation relaxing, adventurous, or educational? Not educational. Relaxing? Okay. A little of both, maybe. Uh, relaxing, I'd say. Okay. What is your favorite means of transportation? Train, plane, automobile, boat, bike? Your own two feet? Sledding. Sledding. Perfect. I love sledding. Sledding's my probably my number one fun activity. Yeah. But I, I guess that's it, not a mode of transportation unless you're going down down. That's hill. okay. Yeah, but it, we're going to count it because we haven't heard it yet. We haven't encountered As it. As an L.A. girl, is it years between each sledding for you or, or do you find your way? Like when was the last time you went sledding? The last time I went sledding was the Christmas before last. Okay. Last yeah, yeah. I went That's sledding. That's not too bad a break. Yeah, I did. Great. Do you have your own sled? Do you own a sled? I don't own a sled, but we went, okay. we got an Airbnb in Big Bear. Yeah, there you go. I feel like the back of your trunk with all the wiffle balls, there's a sled just in case. There should be. We were hiking the other day. I go, if there was snow here, this would be the best place to sled. But there isn't. We went sledding with my kids this weekend and... The problem with kids is I think the right amount of time to sled is 30 to 35 minutes. Uh And kids either want to do it not at all or five hours. Right. 
sledding with children. Yeah. It's very hard to find that yeah. sweet spot, which is this is boring and cold now and I want to go home because your kids are into it. They rightly understand that this is a very small window and you got to sled while the sledding's good. All right. Josh has more questions. Okay. Not too many. Not too many. Um, if you could take a family vacation with any family other than your own, they could be fictional, yeah. they could be real, other than your own family, who would that family be? You know, this is really hard. I, it would be, um, I'd like to take a family trip with the Myers boys. And you would enjoy it. You would enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. We'd love to have you. It's fun. Okay. Well, let's nail it down. Let's nail it down now. <laughs> okay. Well, right now? Yeah. Okay. 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 If you had to be stranded on a desert island with one member of your family, who would it be? Alive or dead? Yeah, we'll give you. Sure. It'd be my dad, but dead. No. It would be um, <laughs> any one of my sisters. All right. That's a good answer. Right. That's a good safe answer. You're from, uh, famously, from Bedford, New Hampshire. Would you recommend Bedford, New Hampshire as a vacation destination? I mean, you're putting me in a very tough spot. Just say no. I think there's a very easy answer. The answer is no. Is it no? Yeah. It's no. Yeah, yeah. it's no. No. Yeah. I, l- I mean, I love it, but yeah. no, don't take a vacation. I, I, to you want to see foliage, go to Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. Or northern New Hampshire, higher up. Maine. Or, yeah. Yeah. Not that we don't love it. Uh, and not that you couldn't have just a lovely time at the Bedford Village Inn and spa. They added a spa. See? What's happening? I don't know. I haven't been. What's happening? Haven't been, but they got one. I can't believe you haven't been to the Bedford Village Inn Spa. Yeah, I've only been, I go for lunch. It's, it's, it's so expensive for dinner. <laughs> Seth, do you want to ask your final questions here? Have you been to the Grand Canyon? No. Do you want to go? No. Perfect. <laughs> no one has ever answered that better or more clearly. That was it. I, I feel so bad. I'm not a vacation person. I didn't grow up taking many vacations. I, 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 I'm, I'm not wildly funny in the morning. I, I feel like I've let you down in so many ways. I, I... No, not at all. I owe you both. Not at all. We have, I have, um, I have one more thing to ask you. You are hosting, which I'm very excited about, Stupid Pet Tricks on TBS. This is the David Letterman Stupid Pet Tricks, I'm assuming. Yes, it is. Have you filmed any yet? I filmed all 10 of them two years ago <laughs> and then just saw a billboard for it and couldn't stop laughing. Like, I, it must just be like throwing them out there. I hope the tricks <laughs> hold up after two years. Oh. Yeah, it was very of the moment. <laughs> were the pet tricks great? The pet tricks were fine. Yeah, it, I, I'm going to be, this is, I'm, I'll probably get in trouble for this, but I, I do think it's worth watching. It was really fun. Dave is in, Rory, my boyfriend, wrote on it. We He wrote two scenes for David Letterman thinking maybe he would zoom one in, and he came in and shot both of them and was awesome. We have in, great guest stars. There's a whole kind of behind the scenes B story vibes of like, kind of like the Muppet show, but not as good as the Muppet show, but, and all the, the, the producers and people and writers are animals, but they're just, they're real animals. And they just, maybe they put some, gave them some food and they're like, and then people, it's true. And that part's pretty funny. And then there's the, the actual guests with the things and, and what TBS was, May, I don't know if this is interesting, but yeah, at least this is a story. But I, I said, um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I said, I don't want it to be like some shiny floor show. It has to be very low fi you know, like Dave just did it in front of a curtain. 
you want to believe that you're just seeing these people for the first time. And so your jokes, they give you more credit on any jokes you have. This, they like made props for each person and put stupid pet trick monikers on everything. And it was like the comedy can't, it, it can't hold that. But they yeah. don't understand. <laughs> but they're all gone now. Every every executive is gone. So I can say Well, that. be sure to watch Sarah. Oh, but don't miss it. <laughs> it is really funny. People are very funny on it. And animals, I mean, if you love animals, I love animals. It's for you, the whole family. Well, if you love animals, you might not like <laughs> you might like not like how these are treated. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> no, we had like the ASPCA uh, sanction it or something. Oh, well, that's good. Mm. Jost, you mentioned Jost. Jost once wrote a sketch at SNL. You mentioned having real animals in sketches. And it was a Golden Globes for animals. And <laughs> Sudeikis was playing Ricky Gervais, burning animals in the audience. And Jost wrote for an actual Golden Retriever. The stage direction was something like the, the Golden Retriever seems offended, then accepts that the joke's okay and waves a paw. <laughs> we asked Jost for days. Like, what level of training do you think you can get to a dog that a trainer could tell him, like, so here's what we need you to do? Like, they can't do facial expressions. Jost is my favorite because he's so smart. Yes. And so good, but so dumb yep. also. And those are that's my favorite comedy. Like it's he's it's true. He is he's either the dumbest smart person or the smartest dumb person I know. That yeah, is a really good way to say it. He's very earnest. Yeah. An incredibly loving and a wonderful, loyal, good friend. Yes. I mean, I'm not as close to him, but well, he no, seems it's lovely. Not a contest. But um the outfit he was wearing at his Christmas party, is there an explanation for it or that's how he dresses? I'm so glad you brought it up. So you must have shown up after. Oh, no, I saw you on the way out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so he was wearing a tuxedo, right? Mm-hmm. With a white tank top underneath it? Yes. Which used to have a different name that seems like maybe out exactly. of fashion. It was that. It was that. The kind you buy it with three. I wear those a lot. Yes. But like, it was very, it had a, um, a real low scoop. Yes, very uh, James Gandolfini, if you can imagine. And then very thick chain. Yes. And I thought, was this one of those things where, like, uh, Michael Che made him wear this and then he can't say anything about it? He has to wear it in earnest? Yeah. Imagine, you know, the Tony Soprano with a robe outfit, but instead of a bathrobe, it's the nicest tuxedo you've ever seen. Right. (laughs) And he seemed very comfortable in it. And I'm going to say it was not a bet he lost. I'm going to say it was a choice he made. Is this Staten Island coming through or is it? I mean, I love it. I just want to I love it too. He also one time, Andy Samberg was back in town and we did sort of a dinner of everybody sort of from our era of SNL. And Joe showed up in a blue jumpsuit, like the way Billy Joel's dressed in Uptown Girl, like that sort of vibe. And almost like he forgot he was going to meet a table of comedians. He seems so taken aback that all we wanted to do was talk about his jumpsuit. That's the dumb part. (laughs) He's the best. I love him. (laughs) Well, I hope you can make a show out of this. I'm really sorry. I love you very much. I love you more. Josh loves you too. I'm going to make it up to you. All right. Bye, Sarah. Bye.
Uh, Crab King, a Dairy Queen, when you're out cruising Elm Street. To the Crab King, a Dairy Queen, when you're out cruising Elm Street. To the Crab King, a Dairy Queen, when you're out cruising Elm Street. To the Crab King, a Dairy Queen, when you're out cruising Elm Street. To the Crab King, a Dairy Queen, when you're out cruising Elm Street. To the Crab King, a Dairy Queen, when you're out cruising Elm Street. Chlorine smells and life is swell, you're at the Wonder Dome. The indoor pool is wicked cool, you don't want to go home. But when you do this, someone new did something, just meow. A brand new girl is in your world, you got a new sister now. Ooh. First she doesn't talk at all. Ooh. Her into the ladies' room. In the sea and turns the water on. Oh, crap, king, a dairy queen. When you're out cruising down the street, the to the crap king, a dairy queen. That's when right, you're out cruising down the street. I don't know. A dairy queen. When you're out cruising down the street, to the crap king, a dairy queen. When you're out cruising down the street, to the 